quiet numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello and welcome to the podcast, So There I Was, which is how all great aviation tales begin. This is episode number 73, titled 156618, My Old War Horse. What a great story. Right. Outstanding story. And I actually made the mistake of asking the stupid question. What was your favorite airplane to fly? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, gee, just, I wonder. Just to tease, our guest is uh, call sign was Hound, and he flew RA-5C Vigilantes in Vietnam. And boy, oh yeah. boy, does he have a story. Yes, he does. It's a hair-raising, hair-curling, <laughs> unbelievable Palm sweating, butt-clinching. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's amazing, and we're going to have him back, too. Real quick, some admin stuff. Uh, sponsor for this episode is Robin's Bird Brain Designs. Get yourself some custom gifts. you got the Christmas season coming up fast on us. Get some custom gifts. Show someone you put some thought and effort into a custom gift for them. Robin'sBirdBrainDesigns.com. Then uh, what's the other thing that has come up over the last week or so, Fig, is... Uh, some of these reviews, we're over 100 reviews now. Thank you. May God oh bless gosh. every each and every one of you. We don't have a single four-star review, three-star, two-star, one-star, and that's not a challenge. All right? Keep the five-star yeah. reviews very, coming, everybody. It is very humbling uh, when you read these. Very humbling. It is. In fact, I, I think I'd like to read a couple just so people can get a, a flavor of what it is that you mean to us. We're so humble to get these. Buffs231 wrote, that you'll get addicted. These shows transport the listener to places and times to bring back memories for some and open a world to others. Repeat and Fig are the Stephen Ambrose of military aviation recording the great stories that need to be passed on to the next generation. These two great aviators, that's us, <laughs> are serving the aviation world with this creation of theirs as well is that they served our country as Marine Harrier attack pilots. Outstanding. Thanks, guys, for what you do, and keep up the great work. Wow. Wow. That was wow. Uh, it was kind of humbling and embarrassing to read that in, in a way. Well, thank you. We, uh, we didn't create this. We just fell bass backwards into dude, it. Yeah, we're a couple uh, crayon-eating window lickers that just happened to, <laughs> yeah. Listen, we this is good. We, we're doing something that we are passionate about, and it's very humbling to find out that, there's so many other individuals out there that feel the same way. Indeed. Well, let me read one uh, from A Digital Paradox. You won't find a better chemistry than that of Fig and Repeat. My only complaint is they're unable to make more content more often with their busy schedules. This show is responsible for quite a few moments where I had to pull over and avoid wrecking while laughing. These guys not only mesh well, but their guests just become part of the show each and every time. Incredible fun and enjoyment lay within gathers episodes and get a spark of excitement whenever I see they've posted a new episode. Blue side up, my friends. I appreciate and respect both of you, not just for your service, but your contribution to other aviators in this amazing podcast. Much love and God bless. Well, God bless you and thank you for that. Indeed. Indeed. Wow. And I think the thing that gels that for me there, Fig, in that one is the guests become part of the show. The guests are the show. I mean, oh, yeah, you and I are here every week because we're the knuckleheads that, yeah. that conglomerate it all. But, wow. oh, my. Yeah, it's the guests that this is about. And we are thrilled to be able to do this. Just like we're thrilled to be able to bring you guys like Hound. Oh, my gosh. 
who you'll hear in a few minutes. We had a hard time. Uh, we had a hard time settling on a title because there were so many options. So many I, options. There really were. There there were some amazing ones out there. In fact, let's bring a couple. Here are some of the ones we considered. Yeah. Uh, I have. You have to make a choice, or you have to make the choice. And he was talking about whether you needed to uh, slow down so you could eject, or keep your speed up so you would outrun the MIG that was chasing you. Oh my you. gosh! Yeah. Uh, how about this? Slow the f- down so I can join on you. <laughs> <laughs> Right. His Phantom F4 Phantom Escort couldn't keep up with him. <laughs> or or this, I hit a Mach 4 speed bump. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah to which I said, no, no, the Mach 4 speed bump hit you. Yeah. <laughs> I hope this, yeah. I hope the plane holds together. Yeah. These, yeah. these were just all options we had to wade through before yeah. we, we set on uh, the title. And yeah. you are going to love yeah. Hound because we do. And my palms are still a little sticky from the story. Right, Sweat. Exactly. I was sweating. Nice landing. Here's your rum. Wow. Hey, one other quick one, and we're going to have Hound back. I can assure you. He told us one after the show was over about. We'll just tease it. Showing up drunk to a simulator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know this is how it goes. As soon as we stop recording. They start telling more stories, and we're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Write bullets down. We're having you back. Just gonna, keep going, yeah. but just take bullets down right now so you can remember, and we're going to have you back because we got we to gotta get these on record, man. Yeah, absolutely. These are great stuff. So, All right. I'm getting out of the way this before I get hit story. by a speed bump. Yeah, <laughs> across in the pond. Yeah, right on. At night. Here comes Al. Don't sit on the ejection seat. Don't cockpit. do it. On the tanker. Through the weather. Oh, and to the uh, tanker crew who uh, did that. Thanks a lot. We really appreciated that. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. Well, there I was crossing the pond, and you could see that I wasn't exactly fun. And there I was, 25 years old in a Mach 2 photo reconnaissance jet, working my way up the Red River with MiGs, surface air missiles, bad weather, and no help anywhere. And oh, everywhere. shit. And, Yikes! <laughs> and that's how all great aviation tales begin, and he was wondering why he wasn't a Kenny shoe salesman at that point, I think. No. I could be wrong. Greetings, everyone. Repeat here, coming to you from New Hampshire today with my co-host, Fig. Yes, sir, coming to you from Kearney, Missouri. And we nice. have I can hear we got a special guest. guest with us, former naval aviator and uh, SA-2 killer ex- avoider hound welcome hound thank you so much it's great to be here and uh, you guys make this very pleasant by having me laugh before we even get going <laughs> well listen just to tease uh, just to tease our uh, our listeners um i i got to read uh your account of this uh, what you opened with and it made my veins go cold my palms were sweating and uh, I can't wait to hear the whole story, but we got a lot to talk about before we get to that. We, okay. we do indeed. We do indeed. 
What's the first question we always ask, Fig? So, Hound, how did you become, uh, how did? how is it that you got interested in aviation and how did you become a naval aviator? All right, I got interested because my, I had an uncle and he flew a, an army like a scout plane, you know, looking around for stuff. And uh, the army, I grew up in Long Island uh, out in the potato fields. Uh, he uh, landed it in a field and my parents drove me over there in their old station wagon. And he landed and I got in the airplane and he took off and I looked down and we were just circling the field and I looked down and I saw my mom and dad and I instantly knew that I was going to fly airplanes for the rest that. of my life. It was very simple. Yeah. And, uh, and so then uh, I was just, you know, I wasn't the well, most well-informed guy. I grew up in potato farms. I figured, oh, I started watching the Men of Annapolis and Victory at Sea. And I said, I want to be a Navy aviator flying on and off aircraft carriers when I grow up. But I didn't know you could go to any college. I said, I guess I got to go to the Naval Academy. <laughs> so I started, you know, I was I started studying my butt off so I could get good grades. And uh, God gave me a great body. I could run a quarter mile in forty eight seconds in high school. So whoa, yeah, oh, I could go smoking. <laughs> I, <laughs> I could go just about anywhere I wanted. And of course, I picked the Naval Academy. I was running in Madison Square Garden, and there, the coach at the time, Al Cantello, came up to me and he said. I hear you've already committed to a big track school there, Villanova, but would you like to go to Naval Academy? And I said, yeah, I really would. He said, okay, let me look at us. I'll get back to you in a little bit. So a couple of days later, he calls me and he says, uh, the senator from New York's already made all his choices, but, uh, but the senator from Pennsylvania has one opening and he's going to give it to me. So you can go to the Naval Academy because Senator Knox picked you from Pennsylvania. So I went to the first Army-Navy game in Philly, and I looked at my address, and it was a vacant lot. And now that's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, I hate to tell you this, but the statute of limitations never runs out on that, so we've got to take it all away from you. You never went to Vietnam. You never got the fly, Jay. <laughs> oh, my God. It was, all, wow. it was a scam right from the start. But uh, Wow. Yeah. So uh, that's how I got into the Naval Academy, when I got done, uh, I didn't know whether I want to go Marine Corps or Navy. So I got in line for the Marine Corps because all the jocks are going in the Marine Corps, which is stupid during Vietnam. And, yeah. and, uh, yeah. So I got to the line, the head of the line, and I said, hey, I got a question for you. And he goes, yeah. And I go, if I get all the way through flight training and get all the way through to replacement air group, the RAG, which you can't call it anymore, right. uh, can you still give me an M16 and send me as a platoon commander to Vietnam? He goes, oh, yeah. Marines come first, buddy. I said, thank you very much. And I slid over to the yep. Navy line. See ya. <laughs> yes, I know you guys were Marines, but I had to tell you that story. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when uh, when Repeat and I were getting in, uh, you know, there wasn't a shooting war going on in Southeast Asia. As a matter of fact, there was no war going on in Southeast Asia. Anyway. That that's a good thing. That was. So, so I, uh, well, I got done go with ahead. flight training and did well, and and uh, I did well around the ship, mostly around the boat. And they were looking for guys with good grades that did well, and because the digi uh, is really difficult to bring aboard to carry, killed a lot. Yeah. Of guys. 
So well, the Vigi, just to, I got to stop for a second. Oh. We, we always try to do this for everybody. So the Vigi is the A5 Vigilante uh, R- aircraft. Uh, R-A5C Vigilante. Yeah. A and, real uh, rocket ship, too. It was a Mach 2 photo reconnaissance ship. It was originally built to carry nukes over to Russia. It, and it's, that's why it had a linear bomb bay that they filled with fuel tanks after they stopped that mission. And okay. So, But it was an incredible airplane. It was really ahead of its time. It came out at the same time as the F-4. And it had uh, it was the first Navy jet that had fly-by-wire, uh, special amps, all, all this stuff. It was... It was way ahead of its time, and was that a swing wing swing wing airplane? No, no, just uh, fixed wings. Uh, but okay. I was just reading. It had no up. ailerons, though, right? No, it had it had no ailerons. Uh, it, it was so yeah. well. It was totally different. It had spoiler deflectors on the wings, and that's okay. what made you turn. And uh, the the <sighs> horizontal stabilizer was the same size as the wings on an A four. That's how big it was. And, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. And a vertical stabilizer all moved by itself and the horizontal stabilizer. So uh, you don't need, you didn't need any things on the rotors or the aileron. It was uh, all really new stuff. Crazy. That is, that is amazing technology. And what's even more amazing is that that's essentially the technology used on the uh, Super Hornet today. Yeah. Yeah. But, pretty much the same. Just yeah. better, better computers on a Super Hornet, I hope. Well, there's that. <laughs> now, uh, Hey, Hound, did, did you, um, let's see. Oh, I lost my train of thought. It, it had to do with, uh, had to do with either the vigilante or flight school. Well, okay, but let's back up a let's, second. Let's, let's uh, go to we, flight school and then work our way well, into well, Vietnam. Well, well, hold on a second. We, right. we had a, uh, we have, we understand that we had a, a, a former guest that you were classmates with, Panther. <laughs> well, wait, now, Panther, that was his call sign? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, tell me, you got to tell me his name. Like I uh, Charlie Bolden. Bolden. Oh, Charlie Bolden. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he yeah. he was a lot smarter than me. Uh, he did really <laughs> He's a lot smarter than all three of us put together. <laughs> no offense, sir. Yeah. If, we combined our, if we combined our IQs, it would be a fraction of where he's at. Yeah, a good man knows his limitations. I was right? I I was able to work really hard and just barely get through. But uh, you know, I got. It was a, Although it was he a, had some stories about getting, which class was it he uh, he had trouble with? Do you oh, remember? Oh, probably something like thermodynamics. I, that was the one I I really had trouble with. I had a, one of those yeah. professors that wrote the equation with one hand, and then and before you could write it down, he erased <laughs> it with the other. I think he was trying to get us all to fail. I think he hated it, Navy pilots or, or to be pilots. But, oh uh, yeah. But everybody. If you, I'm sure he took arrow. I, we were all um, mechanical engineers, whether we, whether we liked it or not. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but thermodynamics. If you went into the arrow side, like a miner, a lot of people really had a lot of trouble with it. It was the hardest course I ever took in my life. Okay. Yeah, I, I forget which one it was. It, it sounds like it was something like that. And yeah. I guess the professor. He told a story of the professor going back and saying, "All right, if you promise." Uh, uh, you know, not to tell any. No, it wasn't the French. There was one. I'm confusing it now because there was another one. It was French, and the guy said, "I'll pass you in your French course, but you got to promise me never to speak French or tell anyone you took French here." <laughs> so that, might, that might have been Panther. May yeah, have been. Yeah. yeah. It's like <laughs> it been, right? I don't remember, but that sounds that sounds familiar. Yeah. All right. But uh, so you, uh, where'd you go through jet training? Uh, 
Yeah, after I uh, got through basic, I went to uh, Meridian, Mississippi, NES. Yeah. Yeah, I went there, and I my final, I was flying F-9, F Cougars, which... Uh, wow, yeah. Well, what... what it take you twenty minutes to climb at twenty thousand feet. You know, it had an old right. Yeah, it has so underpowered, but it was cool. It was a fighter, so I was really excited. But then you get up to twenty thousand feet, do some ACM, and make one turn. You have to knock it off. You were down to ten thousand feet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So. so. Yeah, good old days. So I didn't. A lot of guys went to F. I mean, A Force and Corpus Christi, but I went to the F nines and Meridian. And I got to tell you, uh, I'd much rather be in Corpus Christi than Meridian, Mississippi. It was like we were 30 miles out of Meridian. Like, did you guys do anything anything in Meridian? I was I was in Meridian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you drive you drive in uh, downtown Meridian on a Sunday morning, and you think they'd had a nuclear drill or something. There was not even stray dogs on the streets. Uh, right. It wasn't they a great place. Yeah, it wasn't a great guy for, a place for a bachelor. That's all I gotta say. Right? No, it, uh, the Texas Riviera is definitely better for uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for the bachelor life there yeah. on the beach than uh, than the Mississippi backwoods. I've yeah. I've driven through Meridian a couple times, but uh, that's as close as I want to get. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, people are going to get mad when they hear that, but you know, this was a long time ago. This is fifty two years ago, so I don't know what it's like now. That's a pretty area, but given a choice, I'd much rather be on the beaches of uh, South Padre Island. Yeah, than, yeah. Than I'd, fly, the, I'd, I'd take a cross country and fly the F nine down to Corpus just to drink some beers and see some girls. You know, I didn't see girls in that region. Right. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. No, I won't tell the joke. As an LSU grad, I have. I always uh, like busting on the. Uh oh, someone's echoing. Is it me? Yeah, I think so. Let me double check. All right. I just turned off echo cancellation because I. Yeah, I'm going to turn it back on. So. Uh, sorry. Sorry, Ham. No. <laughs> you know, it's, always, it's always a challenge. You know, you got two Marines that you know, <laughs> crayons and lick windows, and we're trying to do something technical here. Yeah, right. well, I'm, I'm, I'm not any better than you. Just putting in this mic and hooking it up was a big deal for me. Yeah, but we're there. Yeah, we got it. So. We we have to hey uh, repeat. Yeah. I have to acknowledge real quick. Um, we we got in contact with you through uh, uh, well Dego Billy. He's uh, one of our supporters. Uh, was sitting at a bar in Denver. Yeah, and happened to talk to your son, and so that's how we got connected. Yeah, absolutely. And my son, I want to, I want to throw, throw yeah. a thank you out to uh, Dego Billy for uh, facilitating that. We really appreciate your. Support. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing that things that happen because you're sitting in a bar having a beer. Well, good things, good things and bad things, but that was a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. My son called me the next day and said, you're not going to believe what happened and who I talked to. And and these guys want to talk to you. And I said, okay, great. And off we went. Yeah. Good, good. All right, so you got winged in Meridian. You're, uh, you flew the, was that the, was that the advanced trader at the time, the Cougar? Yeah, that was the advanced trader. Yeah, I had a T2 before that. Jeez. Uh, T2 Buckeye? Yeah, a T2 Buckeye. Where the heck was that? I got to think about that one. Was that Pensacola or Meridian? That wasn't in Meridian? I think that was in Pensacola. Yeah, we, I went to okay. Meridian for advanced, okay. advanced jet training. That's when we we're still doing a lot of training in Pensacola. Because when Fig and I went through, you'd go to primary either in Corpus 
or Pensacola, and then you do both intermediate and advanced jets at Meridian, Kingsville, or Beeville. Yeah. So yeah, right. So it's changed a little. Yeah, and the, and it's of course changed again. And I think they're even doing Fig. Were, were they doing it by the time you left? They were doing inner service, so Air Force guys were training with us and vice versa. They were just starting to to. Uh, we we had Air Force instructors coming over to ride to ride along and see how we do things. That was the beginning. That was nineteen. I left in nineteen ninety six. So it was. Okay. It was just shortly after that we started to cross pollinate, and from what I understand. Um, they're kind of doing away with that. Oh, well, you, interesting. Yeah. You guys are yeah. you guys are whippersnappers. I got my wings at sixty nine, so <laughs> that's awesome. That means I'm all guy. That's going to be my next question. When uh, when uh, so well we uh, see I got uh, see I got winged in ninety, and I think Repeat got winged in nine eighty nine. Yeah, eighty nine. Yep. Eighty nine. Yeah. Almost ninety. December eighty nine. Very so, Got winged in. Uh, it's 1969. Yeah. Nice. And then they, uh, and, and, and I, the one thing I have to say is, uh, I was flying these old F9 Cougars and I drove to Albany, Georgia to, to see you go to the rag and check in to it's and, uh, replacement air group rag. And, uh, I drove in and there's like 10 Vigis sitting on a line at RVAH3 and they look like rocket ships. I mean, oh, yeah. It just, blew me away and all my friends were saying what size shoes you wear because i know you're gonna die and i'd like your uniforms and your shoes when you're dead so oh, thanks <laughs> thanks bro that's, that's what friends are for you know yeah if i had a you're girlfriend, on fire can i have your corvette <laughs> if i had a girlfriend they probably would have wanted her too but i didn't have a girlfriend at that oh, yeah. oh man yeah. <laughs> thanks guys yeah, but i mean <sighs> a line of 10 vigies sitting there they're big they look like they're going 400 knots sitting on the line. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just and, yeah still. It's just like, holy crap. What have I got myself into? So what, were the Vigis, were the Vigis, when did they hit the fleet? What, was that fairly recent before no, you got no, winged? They, I mean, how? They've been around for a while. They actually came to the fleet about the same time. They did the same time as the F-4. So that was uh, when the F-4 is coming again. Mm-hmm. Is that mid sixties, early sixties? Yeah, late maybe the late late sixties. Okay. Late 60s. Yeah. Okay, so so it wasn't it wasn't real old, and and you you got so did you select Vigies or they kind of push you there because you had good boat grades? Uh, I I think a little bit a little bit of both, and right before I put in my three, you know, listed my three picks. Right. Uh, they had a couple of Vigies fly into uh, the base there. And uh, God, I said, man, that'd be really cool to fly that thing. I didn't know anything about them. So I put F4s, F4s, and A5s. And so, boom, A5s. That's, that's how I got it. And uh, nice. the rest is history, you know. But uh, we were the first Nuggets. Uh, they never let first tour guys fly it before that. Uh, it was oh Really? It was, you had to fly, like... There was A4s and F4 guys there that already flew it to four, and uh, they did good, so they sent them to Vigies if they wanted. And okay. uh, so I was they they got I was Nugget four. I was the fourth Nugget aviator to come in, and uh, at first they treated us well. The Commodore wanted us, but the average guy on the uh, in the fleet, they thought we were going to all kill ourselves and probably kill some of our friends when we did it. So they really we had to prove ourselves, you know. It was a, a chore, but we all what? had 
It was it was good. They we all were good pilots and we proved them wrong. Well, most of us. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. But that was I, I can't only imagine what a handful of airplane that must have been going to. Uh, the the transition from you know turboprops to jets uh, was probably just as big as transition from uh, the F nine to the to oh, the vigilante. Yeah, oh yeah I God. mean, no comparison at all. I mean, yeah. the F nine if it was too hot, you couldn't you couldn't fly that day because it wouldn't get up the inner runway. You know, it wouldn't get any air. And a Vigi man, even in military power, pushed you back in the seat, and then when you hit the hit the burners it was quite impressive quite impressive that is cool yeah, and i think i read in the in your article that uh it, the phantom couldn't keep up with her when no. when it was time to rock and roll the vigilante was it they get pissed off because when, when we're over vietnam if we got we go in there at military power and they'd be in min burner and then when the shooting started because we were so you know we had nothing on the airplane Right. Slim. Yeah, you were, you were naked. Yeah, so when uh, the shooting started, I go to Minburner and F4B and Max Burner, and when I really got the shit hit the fan, I got really scared. I go to, I go in full after me, and he says, you asshole, you, you know, they're shooting at you, and everything's coming past me. They're coming at me. <laughs> That's like the old joke, right? The, the guy's putting on his sneakers going, the guy's like, what are you doing? You'll never outrun the bear. He says, I don't have to outrun the bear. <laughs> I just yeah, got out of here faster than you. <laughs> yeah, it had no problem. Oh. It had no problem doing mock, you know, over mock one, maybe 700 plus knots right on over the top of the trees. That was our big defense. The MiGs couldn't catch us. So they, they're the way they shot down the MiGs is they'd sneak up on you. They'd try and drive you. This was And this is what was happening to us. They'd be shooting missiles at you and the uh, F-4 escort. And they'd uh, try and separate you so a little later a MiG could roll up behind you. You know, and no. so that's what happened to me, mm-hmm. which I'll, in the story I'll tell you. Yeah, well, well, yeah. Roll up behind you, un un uh, unescorted at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But uh, and so, just a couple things here. St- uh, Sticks is our uh, our other uh, uh, admin sidekick here, and and help very helpful. And he's looked up a couple things. He's telling us it came in in sixty uh, one, left ser- the vigilante and left service in seventy nine. Here's the interesting thing to me. It had the same motor as the F five, as the F four, yep. and but you were so much slicker, you were that much faster. Yeah, it came so, in in sixty one, but it, they were doing all the test work and stuff. It went to the fleet like okay. in sixty five, sixty six. Okay, I'll, I'll get a picture of the uh, vigilante actually into the podcast the audio podcast itself, so people listening on podcasts and. Okay. Well, that like like Downcast. you said, that, like Hound said, that airplane looks like it's doing eight hundred. Just sitting still, exactly. Yeah. It so yeah. it's a gorgeous jet. It is yeah. just beautiful. So. Our motto was unarmed and unafraid, which was bullshit. Because <laughs> we were unarmed and scared shitless over here. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds I like oh. unarmed and unafraid sounds a lot better. And, so. and uncatchable. That's the beauty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was. Uh, it was Wings of Gold is the magazine that your story has come out in. Um, yeah. And it, it might understand. So only part of it's out though. That the ending. If see, you could listen here, folks, and get the ending today, as opposed to going and reading <laughs> issues ahead. But uh, so the first part of it came out. You find yourself getting all ramped up for a med cruise, as I recall. Yeah, ready, yes. ready to go to the med and see Europe and spend yeah. some time with your bride. That was going to be a, a little post-honeymoon, right? Yeah, it was a honeymoon cruise. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, my wife's still here with me, but as far as going on a cruise, not so good. Uh, yeah. But so yeah, we it was we were in Mayport, uh, Naval Station Mayport, on the USS Saratoga, and uh, I was on a cross country, and President Nixon decided it was time to kick some ass in Vietnam because uh, we hadn't bonded in four years, North Vietnam, and so I was on a cross country with my buddy uh, Brian Dempsey, and I get a call. We just landed and went to her. He, he lived in uh, New Jersey, and I lived in Long Island. And so I was sitting at home drinking my second beer, and they called me and said, "You gotta get on that plane and fly it back right now. We're we're leaving tomorrow on the USA. Sarah Yeah, I said, "Wait, I I've already had two beers. I'm not getting in an airplane, which I probably could have, but I just didn't feel like doing it right then. And yeah. uh, <laughs> and I knew they couldn't say no. So uh, I called my wife, and uh, we'd just been married, and she didn't even know what kind of uniforms I wore, you know, I just wore flight suit, catching every once in a while. So she had to pack my cruise cruise box. And so one of my buddies oh my went gosh. over and showed her, got all the uniforms and put those in there. And they took them down and they were shipped out the next morning while I was trying to get home to the Saratoga. And uh, when we got, when I got on the ship, it was interesting because she got all the uniforms right, but uh, in the little goodie deals, she gave me a tennis racket and a bunch of golf balls. So, something <laughs> <laughs> yeah. got lost yeah. in translation, yeah. hounds. I don't know, but uh, she must have thought you must have thought you were going to have lots of time on your hands. Yeah. So yeah, it was a we cruised for a, a month straight, twenty four seven at twenty five knots to get quick stop in the Philippines and then over to Golf of Tonkin and off we went. Wow. Yeah, I got to tell you, we were naive and stupid. Uh, we're all the way over there. We're talking how we're going to kick somebody's ass and all this stuff. And it turns out the bad guys were really good. And uh, we lost like four airplanes in the first two weeks. Oh, well, they had what they had all that uh, all that time without being bombarded yep. to reinforce their defense. Yep. Right now. They got MiG-21s and they got a lot of SAMs. The big thing is we lost a lot of Vigis to AAA because they had quad 23 Mike Mike's radar guided. And if you got down to their level, uh, they're going to take you out. You know, it was, oh. we, we lost more Vigis to AAA than the MiGs. And so they were just putting up a wall of lead and you guys were flying into it. Yep. They knew you're going to come down the line to take pictures and you had to go wings level for about a minute or so. And uh, you were just a big great. Jeez. So, Jeez. yeah, it's, it's in the thing. I, you know, you're waiting and you're jinking and jinking and you're coming up on a target and the rate reconnaissance attack navigator in the back, the RAN, says, okay, ready, wings level. And you just go wings level and there's all this crap going by the cockpit and you're just saying, oh, God, I hope we make it. I hope none are addressed to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I said, maybe I should maybe I should have gone a little faster, but, you know, it, it, I would always be doing around 600 knots, but I'd be down around. 4,000 feet. We tried not to go below 4,000 feet and, uh, because that's when you really got into well, heavy stuff. Yeah. The, the, the pieces of lead were much closer together. Yep. And I was, uh, I was telling, I was low. telling repeat the other day when I was talking to him, the big difference then is their technology was as good as ours. I mean, it wasn't like they had really, those SAM twos were very effective. The MiG-21 was a great fighter and they'd been doing it for a long time. You know, it started with the French, and uh, yeah. they were way better than we thought they were. Well, of course, they were getting helped a little bit. I think there was some 
some Russians in the uh, sand sites, you know, helping them run the thing. That's just my intake. But, sure. Yeah. yeah. But, well, we found out with Captain Royce Williams, the, uh, you know, the Russians were shooting at us in Korea, too. And nobody yeah. wanted to know about that or wanted anyone to know about that. That was top secret. So I uh, don't know if you heard his story. He's the gent who got the Navy Cross earlier this year for shooting down four MiGs in 1952. Yeah. God so, bless him. God bless him. Yeah. Yeah. That awesome. <laughs> well, I, so yeah, I'm sure the Russians were standing there side by side helping them out. Yeah, yeah. Well, how 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 many how many Vigies were in a Navy squadron? How many Vigies were in your squadron? How many pilots? In, we had in we France had five and crews, and we had uh, I sometimes three, sometimes four airplanes. I I I put in my article we had three, but I forgot there was a hangar plane sitting in there the whole time. So we had four airplanes, right. five crews, and I was the J.O. I was just made lieutenant. So uh, guess who got all the crappy missions? Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. I went to my eight. But just go ahead. Go. I was going to ask just for uh, comparison, um, how what are the dimensions of the vigilante? Because I know it's big. Oh I man, big. You, I knew you were going to. I knew things. you were going to ask me something like that. <laughs> well, just give me close. Uh, I well, mean, uh, was it was it over fifty feet long? I uh, I would say yes, easily. Uh, like I said, the, the horizontal stabilizer was the same size as an A4 wing. It was a big, big airplane. You could fold the wing tips and you could fold the tail down and you could fold the uh, nose cone up. And uh, it was a big-ass airplane. The guys, the ground crews the, on the flight deck, the flight deck crews, they hated them because they just took up so much room. I think they were all happy when they just they got rid of them all in 79. But... Uh, it was a big ass airplane, so yeah. So it was a very large aircraft there. I can't. That's yeah. the stuff. I, yeah, it, I don't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that got up there. Uh, so I'm high. Yeah, it's uh, it's just hard to see, but it's very large for an aircraft carrier. Uh, obviously, I was trying to pull up the dimensions uh, rather than a super long wing. So seventy-seven feet long. <laughs> yeah, wingspan fifty-three shit. feet, eighteen hundred miles. Uh, uh, thirteen hundred nineteen miles per hour. <laughs> yeah, when it first came out as the A three J, when it was uh, you know going to carry nukes, it had a linear bomb bay and they stick a moat, a big atom bomb up there, and you come by and you do a go straight up and and it plunge it out. Wow. And supposedly, supposedly you could get yeah. away from it before the nuclear blast killed you. That was what they told all the pilots, but. Right. Uh, <laughs> you believe us, don't they, you? <laughs> they, they'd never lie to you, those engineers. No. Yeah. So, no. Uh, so anyway, it was a big airplane, and uh, it was very scary around. It was You had to be real careful around the aircraft carrier because you had to get it put down all the flaps, and it was had tons of drag trying to slow, you know, keep it flying with the wings it had. And uh, if you got a little behind our curve on the power... I took takes two or three seconds to spool up that J seventy nine, and if you're in the wrong place at an airspeed and ideas, you're gonna probably hit the ramp. Ooh. So it it uh, it was a scary. Air. I I was an LSO and it scared the hell out of me as an LSO, and I flew it. You know, so you know, I know when it, I knew it was time to tell everybody to jump in the net. But, there you go. But, and Sticks is also telling us the both the wings and the nose folded the, up to get her down in the hangar bay. Yeah, you couldn't get the. The uh, tail wouldn't was too high for the uh, hangar bay, so. Uh, 
It was a big airplane, but it was fun oh. flying. It was a holy. Smokes. I mean, it just smoothed out about five or not, so you oh. felt like you were in a Cadillac. You know, it was amazing. Nice. What was the visibility like from the my from seat, your seat? Yeah, because um, it looked yeah, like the, it, well, it looked like you didn't you didn't have a lot of yeah backwards, I, but from from the from the three nine o'clock. Yeah, I could see out both good. sides, and I could see in front of me. The trouble with the Vigi was uh, my cockpit was fourteen feet in front of the nose gear, so uh, that's a long no. way. So the night night uh, yeah. night launches on Cat Four, they I'd actually be out over water. Trying to waiting for them to turn me, turn me on the cat four. Everybody hated it, and, and every that's... once in a while, I have a guy, a guy, uh, tell me where he he run my nose gear into the scupper that's supposed to keep you from going into the over the side, oh. and I get all pissed off. Right, I, I get so pissed off. I mean, like, come on, at least just don't run my nose gear into the scupper, okay? Right, run me thirteen and a half feet out, not fourteen. <laughs> come on. <laughs> It just yeah. isn't that hard oh, not, to, yeah. not to send me over the edge. I don't even oh, want to go to Cat 4. I just want to, I, right. one, two, and three are fine. Yeah, so. exactly. So let's go back to, uh, I think that was episode 12. We were on a mission from God where Sheriff describes Cats 1 through 4, their position on the aircraft carrier. So go back and listen to that if you're curious. So you opened with the story of being over North Vietnam and having a bad day. Can you tell us how that all started, how you got there? And I guess yeah. let's, let's go. Let's just go there. How did we okay. get there from here? So uh, my backseater is my ran is uh, Jim Lamb. And I do a pre-flight outside and he jumps up in the back cockpit. And I, okay. I'm sorry. One other thing. I, oh, okay. Give me, what was his call sign? Tell me it was Chops. <laughs> Lamb Chops. Yeah. You know, the Vigis, we didn't have a lot of call signs. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. We were one of the few communities that didn't have a lot of call signs. Uh, Interesting. It's, right. uh, there's a guy that did a show on a, you know, all the planes, and he said, and it's flying Vigis got big, they got balls are so big, they don't even need call signs. But, uh, <laughs> right on. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So anyway, yeah, that would be like a good jobs. one. But, so anyway, okay, I'll stop interrupting. Jim Lamb is in the back, and he's the Alpha Strike, about 30 airplanes launches, and they rendezvousing over the ship. And uh, so he comes on the intercom and says, hey, we got a problem. Uh, the cameras, they're all screwed up. I can only get one camera to work, and it's just a little one that, you know, we can't be above 6,000 feet with this thing or we won't even take pictures. So we, I let them play with it, and they bring out some maintenance guys that can't get it to work. The whole time this was happening, the Alpha Strike heads off to the, uh, our target, which was uh, a complex where they had a lot of uh, machines and whatever, you know. Military complex, yeah, right? storage complex. We lounge. Finally, we say, okay, we're going to go. Uh, we're just going to do the best we can with this piece of crap little camera. So we get on a cat and launch in an F-4 Escort. The guy's, uh, his call sign was uh, Bullet Beals because he was shaped like a bullet. He was a good pilot, but... You know, he wasn't going to be on any recruiting. Uh, oh, I think he might hear this. I better not say that. But anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> so Bullet, point Bullet he's a good guy. He, uh, he, he gets on my wing and we, uh, and we start heading down, heading out over to the feet, dry place. And we're down about 200 feet. Like we're really going to fool somebody and we're going like 600 knots trying to catch up. And then when we get closer to the uh, coastline, we pop up to... 6,000 feet, and we start heading in. And the uh, Alpha Strike had a backup target because the weather was getting worse. And unbeknownst to us, 
they get to the target and the weather's just too bad and they actually even get meekening. So they change their backup frequency and head off to the backup target down south where the weather's supposed to be better. And so me and Bullet were smoking up Red River Valley and we're like the only guys over Vietnam that day that I know of. So we were tailing Charlie and they were ready for us. So uh, that's how we got into the position we were in set everything up for what was before you go any further hound let's uh let's cover a couple things yeah alpha strike was uh short yeah. for it, a it was, giant strike it was pack, never used before right? it was, lots of airplanes it came up in vietnam because that's the way we were hitting the big targets an alpha strike it has to be uh authorized for the chunk chiefs of staff from the target list they had. It's not something like the CAG okay. or anybody could do. And it had to come from way up high. Me- meekening. Define meekening. Meekening. That's where it's just a way of jamming your, your frequency. Somehow they figure out, we change frequencies every alpha strike, but uh, somehow they got they found our frequency and started jamming it. It's just a form of where you can't hardly hear what people yeah it would be uh you, you would be it would be like a bunch of static all of a sudden and you couldn't hear anybody right yeah okay. so and we had a and we had you know the aircraft were all close together until they started getting where it got dangerous and if you had to you could send hand signals to back up switch over to backup frequency so anyway all right well thank anyway you. that's that's those two yes yeah, sir and uh, so we're heading up there and he gets a spread formation on me and all of a sudden, we had this ALR-45 that picked up radar, anything trying to lock you up. And I got a ground-to-air radar lock, and I looked down. Just in time to see the first missile lift off, it's a big red orange flame. The SAM-2 is about the size of a telephone pole. It accelerates to Mach 3, and it's coming right at me. And I'm going almost Mach, so we got to... Mach four closure rate from about thirty five miles. Is it is it it's, from it, is it in it, the front quarter or from the side? Yeah, front quarter usually. Because oh, if you, I was going too fast, so oh. yeah, you don't have a lot of time to think about it. You go, holy shit! And then I I did a little turn and it it turned. It was, I said, oh, it's on me, not bullet. Damn it! Uh, so uh, yeah, I really love bullet, but I'd rather have it go after All him. Right. <laughs> yeah, nothing personal. <laughs> So, so what you do is uh, practice this, uh, avoiding a SAM. In a A5 rag, you wait till it gets too damn close, and then you dump chaff and break hard because it's going Mach 3, and it can't, it can't turn. It can't make the turn. Yeah. And so I, I did that, and I watched this big behemoth thing go by me at Mach 4 and blow up behind the aircraft. I went, holy shit. I, I guess these guys are serious. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's hound. Just so our listeners understand this, you're you're doing this visually and kind of by it's now. Yeah. You know, there's no hard number on when to do the maneuver. No. You've got to just go with your gut, right? That's a gut move, yeah. If you wait too long, it'll hit you and kill you. And if you do it too early, and, uh, it, it can turn. It, it'll turn on you, yeah. God. So, yeah. And you know, you're all doing this at Mach 4 closure rate from 35 miles. Right. And at least you got to do it a lot of in training wait. before you actually had to do it in real life. Oh, wait, no. In the training, it was an A4 coming out. <laughs> yeah. You know, which, which is not yeah. very fast in, 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 as far as Mach goes. <laughs> Holy oh, no. shit. Yes. 
I, was, I, I, yeah. I, you know, if I had time to think about it, I said, "Wow, this missile is a lot faster than an F, right? an A four, but I didn't have time." Hey, and, and be- before you go <laughs> so, any further, before you go any further, Ham, uh, you you said your uh, bullet was in spread and i know what that means can you describe yeah. what that is for listeners that aren't uh, tactical jet guys he's spread away from me on my right wing uh, about a quarter mile and uh he's he's and he's a little behind me he's he's covered okay. my ass thank you for migs all right so the first yes sir the first Sorry. sa2 goes okay. blown by you you beat that guy and <laughs> yeah and then i go wow i mean okay and uh, that was not to be. Uh, I get another ground air warning on my L45, and I, I see another SAM-2 lift off. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Everything I've read, they shoot one at you. So went through the same thing again. Now, the only problem is every time I break in this A5, it's, it's made to go fast, not turn. Yeah. And every time I turn with those big wings and the yeah. spoiler deflectors coming out, I slow down and and I'm in max burner now. I'm, I'm I'm in max burner and every time I turn I lose airspeed and and altitude. Oh so the second one, same thing. I already now I already practice on one. I was really good at it. So I break in at the same time <laughs> and it goes flying by and blows up behind me and I went, man. I said, okay, cool. Let's make sure we know where we're going. So I tell Jim Lamb, I say, hey, uh, man. Uh, you know, this is getting bad. Uh, these guys are pissed off. I, they must have a lot of SAM-2s. So it happens again. Just as that thing goes by, I get another warning, and I look down, and I see another <sighs> one launching, and I go, you've got to be shitting right. me. So when I started at, you know, 6,000 feet and 600 knots, I'm, I'm down to maybe 5,000 feet and maybe 500 knots. So every time I break, I'm losing airspeed and altitude. So this thing goes blowing by. I do the same damn thing and watch it blow up. And now I'm really good at this. I got this down. And so I said, okay, make sure again, just make sure we, you know where we are and give me a heading to the target. And before you came to reply again, same thing. AR-45 goes off and uh, I see another one launching. They're all coming from the right side. And I'm like, you got to be <laughs> shitting. And by the way, while all this has happened, uh, <laughs> Bullets are also getting shot out. He's got a few lobbed at him. So he's trying to stay you know, alive also. They're trying to drive him off my tail. So I think the fourth one comes by and I break again. And uh, I realize I'm out of chaff. I'm running out of airspeed and altitude. Oh and I'm like, okay, this has got, there can't be any more of this shit. <laughs> and I get another warning. And I looked down, and two of them were lifting up. Oh, geez. One high, one cool altitude, and one coming up below me. And I'm like, okay, Jim, this is... Take the wrong way, quit sniffing blue. <laughs> I say, okay, Jim, this is it, man. You know, our ass is in a sling. We got to do something here. So, luckily, uh, I broke, because uh, I couldn't see the one below me. Oh, shit. So, I just timed it on the one that was coming at me that I could see, because they launched about the same time. And so I break hard. I try to hit chaff. There's no chaff. And they go by, and one gets really close, but it doesn't hit me. There's probably one coming up below me. So I'm like, God damn it. This is, this is all going to shit in a handbasket. <laughs> and so just about then, <laughs> I get another alert and two more lift off. I wish I had the song, Why is everybody always picking on picking me? Picking on me. <laughs> yes. So uh, 
So this is a two, another two missile launch, and oh. I'm I'm really getting down low. I'm down about four thousand feet, maybe four hundred knots, and I'm running at it, really running at. It. I just don't want to get down into the quad triple, you know, the quad twenty three mic yeah. mic. You are literally running out of airspeed and ideas. It sounds like yeah, and that's what they <laughs> if they can't hit you with the sand, they at least want to drive you into the triple A, which is more effective. So. Uh, <sighs> So I get, somehow I get through those two, I don't know how. And I'm like, God damn it, I'm my adrenaline, I'm getting adrenaline right now, thinking about it. And then I get another one. And this time it's three. One high, one low, one co-altitude. And I am totally out of ideas, you know. I see the high one, and Jim Lamb sees the low one. He says, hey, we got the low one coming up right underneath us. I can see it on my viewfinder. I went, holy shit. So I break... <laughs> I can see a high one. It's coming in from the left. So I say, I may as well break in the one I can see. And that's what I'll do. And I break left hard, as hard as I could. And they all go off at the same time. And Jim Lamb says, we're hit, we're hit. I saw it go off of my viewfinder. I said, and I said holy shit. So it's a big cloud of dust, you know. And uh, right about that time, uh, Bullet saw what, what was going on. He called me. He said, pray, you got three incoming. And uh, I said, yeah, well, thanks a lot. Like I, but uh that's about the same time he had one coming, so he broke. He just saw me go through that big cloud of smoke you know, as all three went off. That, I thought we were dead. You know, I really did. Yeah. And, so, so how from from start to finish on all these all these missiles, how, how long would you estimate it was? Uh, seven minutes at most. You know, seven minutes. Yeah. Most. And and are you in, like are you forever. in pretty much full burner most of the time? I never came out of burn. I, yeah. you know, full burn. <laughs> I had lots of fuel, but Fiji had 24,000 pounds coming of fuel. So, so anyway, uh, I'm waiting for, uh, you know, fires and all, of them, all the lights go on, and I'm looking at the, the instrument panel, and everything's fine. I said, you sure that hit us? But I did hear it. I felt a boom, you know, like I hit a road, a road speed thing going about 30 yeah. miles an hour. Yeah. You speed bump. Uh, <laughs> I hit a big speed bump. And uh, Mach 4 speed bump. Yeah, in this case, the speed bump hit you, but okay. (laughs) But I look at my instrument panel, and everything's really good. And I said, "Nice, okay, Jim, we're still alive. How far is it? How far are we out from the target? He goes, about five minutes. And I said, okay, give me a heading. And he goes, holy shit, I don't know where the hell we are. I got to do some kind of radar update because we've been breaking so hard. I didn't didn't know where we were. Yeah. So he does this, he does this ran magic bullshit. And he says, oh, yeah, he, he gets mountains and stuff, and he triangulates. He goes, okay, come left 30 degrees. We're way off cost. We're way, uh, we're way east of Hanoi. we got to head towards Hanoi. And I go, okay. So I do that, and I start heading up there towards Hanoi. I accelerate back up to, you know, 600 knots. I climb up to 6,000 feet, and uh, we go over. We, we're, all of a sudden, we get to the primary target, and there's no bombs. There's no fighters. There's no nothing. And I'm like, Shit, they must have gone to the secondary target. No, we're the only guys up here. You know, we're all by ourselves just out there oh way, and, and they're God. pissed off. So we make our photo run. He says, go wings level. Photo cameras are on. So I hold cameras on for, I mean, a whole level for about a minute. He said, okay, we're done. We can turn off. And just as I'm starting to turn off the target, turn right towards the eye, I look down and I say, shit, we're losing a lot of fuel. And as I'm Breaking right, I look over my shoulder and I see the fuel plume behind the aircraft. We're leaking fuel bad. Oh boy! Uh, everything else is good, but except it's you know you need that fuel. 
Oh, you guys probably know that. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> good, good thing to have. Jet, jet engines yeah. run better on fuel. <laughs> so then, just about then, I get a on the on the same machine, the AL forty forty five. I get an air to air strobe, just a little neat, like a little test neat. And I look back over my shoulder, and there's a fucking MiG twenty one rolling in on my ass. Oh, uh, it, <laughs> uh, no. so I didn't no. think my ass would get any tight, you know, but it did. So I know he can't catch me if I get if I really get some speed on, and I know he can't look down and shoot down on me. He's, he's got to get right behind me. So I just dump the nose, keep it in burner, get right over the top of the the jungle canopy. I mean, I'm like 50 feet off the canopy, going uh, 700 plus knots. He says, "Hey Jim, uh, what happens if the airplane starts coming apart? We're we're going too fast." And I said, "That's where you have to make the choice, you know." If I slow down, the MIG will shoot me down. If I get, right. keep going fast and the airplane starts blowing apart, I'm way outside the ejection envelope of my, my ejection seat. So I said, I hope this plane hangs together because oh, we're on a mission now. The die has been cast. We got to see what happens. And all of a sudden, uh, the, the uh, MIG's gone. And I, and I said, wow, that's interesting. And and then all of a sudden, I blow by bullet. He's up above me about 6,000 feet, coasting out at 450 knots, and I'm doing over 700. And so he 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 calls me. He says, Jim. He says, how are you, Jim? He said, Jim, is that you? And I said, yeah. And he goes, slow the fuck down so I can catch up to you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I pull it out of burner, and I slow down, and he joins on me. And he says, you're losing a lot of fuel. You've got a big plume behind the airplane. I said, no, no shit, Sherlock. So we get feet wet, and Jim Lamb calls the uh, the carrier uh, to Saratoga and says, uh, we need a clear deck. We need a clear deck. Mayday, mayday. We're low on fuel, and we have combat damage. So we uh, start heading back in towards the uh, USS Saratoga. We're still like, I don't know, 15 miles out, and I'm looking down, and I have 1,500 pounds of gas left. The fuel gauge is plus or minus 500 pounds, by the way. So I, I call the ball at 500 pounds, and Jim Lamb is in the back. He, we had a, the, an alternate ejection handles by your knees. You just turn them and pull them. So I call the ball, and I flew the best, I flew the best trap I ever had because I'm so scared. And <laughs> I might, and uh, get an OK3 wire. I, if I just landed anywhere, I was going to get an OK3 wire. I know the else. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so as I'm taxiing out of the wires, the left engine flames out. Oh shit! And, uh, yeah, I mean it was that close. So I taxi over, park the A5 by the island, and we get out, and I could barely get out of my my ejection seat. My knees were going. I mean, uh, the adrenaline was on a it, off the scale. I felt like I'd been in a bar fight, you know, a really bad bar fight. <sighs> and so, so I'm trying to get a ladder up there. I'm trying to get down. A, it's hard to get my feet in the rungs, but I finally get on the ground. And then I look at the airplane, and it's just full of holes. I went, holy oh, shit. Geez. It was over 250 holes in the airplane. I just couldn't believe that, that good old 156-618 got back aboard the carrier, got us back. Good old airplane. And the cab comes down with a pint of rum, and he, he hands us the pint of rum, and he says, I know you guys are all shook up, but... Have a few, you know, slugs of this, and uh, go get out of your flight stuff, and come on up. And I want to debrief you in my quarters. And I said, "Yes, sir." So, you know, 
Aye, 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 sir. aye, sir. I'll drink, That's awesome. I'll drink all this wrong, <laughs> and then I'll come up to your porter cell. So. I'll drink to that. Yeah, we went down, got a beer off, went up to it, and then my skipper was up there, too, Jerry Catron, great guy. And uh, we debriefed the keg. He was, he'd had like over 500 missions in Vietnam. He'd been, but even he said, wow, that's, that's a great story. You know, that's something else. (laughs) (laughs) I said, no, you couldn't make that one up. So that was that. And the Vigi, we had to offload it in the Philippines. And we'd already had one Vigi shot down over Haiphong Harbor. So we had three working Vigis and two of them are gone in three months. So, oh. But, oh, but the guy that guys in the one over Haiphong got out, great story. They punch out. Actually, they didn't even punch out. Uh, Sam, too, went right through the middle of the airplane. They uh, they got smart. They get it close to your airplane, and then they turn on a radar at the last second. Uh-huh. They were, uh, oh. Yeah, so this one was coming from the side, and it just split the airplane in half. Never went, It never detonated, and they, pun- they were punched out by the airplane. They never pulled a handle or anything somehow. The seats went off, and they oh my they pushed down in the, right a couple miles offshore, and the five inch batteries from the bad guys start having target practice on the rafts. They're sitting up, oh, they're sitting yeah. in the rafts, and and, uh, and then one of the on duty uh, destroyers comes flying over and has a gun battle with the five inch guns on the shore, and a couple of our helicopters from HS seven come HS seven come in and pick them up and get them ship but two airplanes Jeez. two airplanes in three months that's that's not good that's rough so and, yeah so anyway uh they offloaded in the philippines and uh they replace all the fuel tanks and fix all the holes and like six weeks later i was flying from five six six one eight again so amazing amazing stuff that is an incredible story. And from what I read, Sticks points out, and he, he's read your story as well. You essentially were in the, in the middle of the explosion. Did, did uh, Bullet thought you were gone? Yeah, he thought right? I was a goner. Th- th- you know, and then you flew out of this explosion like, ah, yeah. Piece of cake. <laughs> Piece of cake. Okay. I, I knew I was bulletproof, but I almost was bulletproof. Right? Oh, yeah. How that plane got... How it got through there, I have no idea. I have no idea. But it did, and here I am. It wasn't hound, your time. Hound. Yeah. Hey, Hound, I, 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 I was writing feverishly, so if I miss this, I apologize. But I thought I, re- I thought I read in your article that as you were taxiing out of the wires, one of the motors. Yeah, it flamed out. Yeah. He just said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it flamed yeah. out. The left engine, port engine flamed out. Unbelievable. <laughs> And, and based on that, it ran the numbers. You said you had 15 miles to go and 1,500 pounds of gas yeah. left. That comes to about uh, the, the where's the numbers at there? Yeah, four, almost 15 again. 14.9 gallons to the mile <laughs> 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 to get her home. Yeah. Uh, not all of it going down the engine. Some of it just going oh, out into the free oh. air. Yeah, and then and then to make me feel good, they launched a six tanker. Yeah. And so if I didn't catch a wire, he was going to refuel me. I'm like, there's no way. No. <laughs> I, I don't have enough gas to no. get to the end of the bow, no. you know? So, but it was nice of him to think about me. Crazy time. Well, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a nice, it was a gentlemanly gesture. Yeah, yeah. It, was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was only a gesture. It wasn't going to help. So, yeah, right. that's, exactly. so that's the story. My palms are wet. <laughs> I read the story. I were they were wet then. You just told me the story. I'm 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 sweating. Yeah, and you know what? 
when it's all over, that's when you get scared. You know, that's when the adrenaline. Well, yeah, you I were just trying. You were in I was it, just right? trying to stay alive. I wasn't thinking about anything but getting my ass. I just want to get feet wet. I want to get feet wet and punch yeah. up. That was my my goal. But I was able to make it. Oh wow! Did Bullet uh, recover on the Saratoga, or did yeah. he go to another? He was ship? in VF one hundred three with us. To, uh, he was in. Okay. So we always had an F four escort, and it was always we had two F four squadrons. It was from one of them. And I, I wish I could okay. tell you who his, his uh, NFO was, uh, Rio, but I nobody knows. Uh, I called the guy. I found out the guy that was his normal Rio, and his mother died, and he wasn't there. And I called a bunch of the guys I knew in the squadron. Nobody can figure out who was in the cockpit or back, in the back of Bullet's plane. So if anybody hears this and you mm-hmm. know it, please, please let us know. Help us run that to ground. I lost track of, I was trying to write. So how many SA-2s actually got fired? 11. (laughs) That's about 12 too many. (laughs) Holy smokes. I mean, that's a lot of money. I just can't believe they shot that many at them. They really, they wanted me dead, bad. Yeah, well, yeah. They had a lot of them. They'd just gotten from Russia, and they were trying to figure out how to play with them, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, you were the only show in town at the moment because everybody else went yep. somewhere else. Holy and shit. And it turned out... That is astounding to me that just... That, that there's no way you should have survived that. No, there is not. No. Just, no. just, uh, just uh, the odds of the, the missiles taking care of themselves doing their best. I had no a- engine damage. and never hit a hydraulic line, fuel line. It right. was just... Uh, it's just incredible, to be honest. And, like, for instance, uh, one piece of shrapnel went through the the back of the uh, uh, Jim Lamb's uh, canopy and and blew up a c- computer right behind his head. So if I'd been going one millimeter, one mile an hour slower, it would have taken his head off. And, uh, oh and, my God. and another one went through my left main ge- gear door, hit the strut, went back through the door and up and through the left wing. I mean, they were just zinging all over us. But uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, here I am. I don't know why. Right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're here to tell the story. It's oh, amen. It's an amazing story. Yeah. So one would think that the airplane would just come apart just through sheer, you know, abuse. Know. After well, it's you <laughs> yeah. see in my end of my story, I one five six six one eight was my. It's like my old war horse. You know, you know, if I was in a cow, I hope that's your lottery <laughs> number, and you're out buying lottery tickets with those numbers. And I, and I say, and people, I got to fly. I had a great career. I flew. A4s, RE5s, A7s, F4s, and F14s uh, because I did two tours in a test environment, even though I was never a test pilot. And if anybody asked me, what's your favorite airplane, I'd say it's the A. That was yeah. my next question. It has to be the a, RE5, and it has to be 156618. I wish it was still around on a right. stick somewhere, but I, it's it was right. it's gone, and uh, that's the way it is. I, I Oh, it's not even sitting in the no, desert. It, it's just they just took it. I, we flew it up to Jacksonville and turned it in. I don't know what they did with it. Man. And like I said in the beginning, uh, I did go on a med cruise after that and took my my brain with me on that, and that was on the American. So, and we're still together, by the way, luckily. Thank you. She puts oh. up with a lot. Thank you to her and you both for your service and uh, for people that don't think so. I'll tell you what, the military families, the spouses and the kids are providing just as much service, giving that stable home life at home. Uh, 
That's a big deal. And I go, I go to, uh, so. I live right by Patrick Air Force Base, and they have a great tiki bar. And I go there every Friday night, and I'm surrounded by special forces guys, PJs, all from Vietnam. Uh, we have some, boy, you talk about some stories. We have some stories. Oh, I, <laughs> we, uh, we appreciate your story. We need to do a live show from Patrick's Tiki Bar on a Friday night. <laughs> right? right? <laughs> you guys got to come down and buy beers, you know. Uh, How much fun would that yeah. be, Fig? Repeat. I think we need to put something <laughs> on the books. We got to find a way to do that. Absolutely. Uh-huh. But, uh, oh. And so, yeah, and, and a lot of my friends are PJs from Vietnam, and they always say, "Hey, uh, yeah, I tell them my stories, and they tell me their stories about <laughs> going in the middle of you know, the jungle to pick guys up and getting helicopter shot out from under them. It's just amazing." And I said, "I'm so happy you never had to come see me in Vietnam. I'm really happy." That Boy, yeah. right right so anyway Jeez. i really appreciate you guys giving me a chance to tell my story oh uh listen the pleasure is ours hound and uh you know these these stories we never get tired of hearing stories especially combat stories from vietnam and korea well and you know now we've had veterans from every conflict almost except world war ii tell, tell their stories and they're just all amazing they really are. I'm glad you guys are doing it. What I was trying to say is I really appreciate what you guys are doing. I was trying to say that. But, uh, and, I, and I know well, you're humble men, and you do a great job, except screwing up the sound a little now and then, but, you know, except for that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. There we you go. Know, we say in the, when we're at the happy mm-hmm. hour and stuff, if he's not giving you shit, he doesn't love you. <laughs> oh, right exactly right. what What are you going to do really so right. oh man okay well that's awesome let me ask before we close out let me just ask tell us about the rest of your career so that was when was that 72 that was when, when? 6 august 72 uh i did okay. a couple more med cruises with heavy one i went to heavy three as a rag instructor and then they needed a lso and an a5 pilot up at pax river and carrier mm-hmm. suitability so I went up there and I was an LSO and I guess I had a mechanical engineering degree and a minor in aeronautical engineering. Thank God I got through thermodynamics. Uh, so they, uh, so they let me do some of the test work, which I really appreciated. They let me do it for arrested landing weights because nobody else wanted to do it. I had to touch down at 1500 feet a, a minute test and make sure the stretch didn't come up through the wing. And I, <coughs> Yeah, that's, that seems yeah, kind of yeah. hard, that's, bro. That's a serious rate of descent. Yeah, I had to borrow from my kids' uh, shin guards from soccer because when I hit, my feet would pop up and underneath the, the uh, instrument panel, and I had to get all bam. <laughs> and my engineers, oh. the engineers kept saying, "Yeah, no, this it should be able to do this," you know. And I said, "You sure? I mean, it should. All right, I'll try yeah. it." Yeah. You should be able to do this. <laughs> I, like the, I like the fact they said, yeah, yeah. you should be able to do this. It should, yeah. it, After Pax River, I went back to the Heavy 12 and did a cruise with them on, a, on the Kennedy. And then I came back to Key West. It was NAS Key West at that time. And they were getting rid of all the Vigis, so I helped shut them down. And then the uh, Commodore said, okay, I got two jobs you can go to. You can go to Pentagon and work for a captain that's really a great guy. He'll make sure you uh, make captain or commander. And I, and I said, what's the other job? He said, well, you can go to VX4 and do the 
the uh, OPAVAL, Operational Evaluation on Tactical Air Reconnaissance Pod System for the F-14. I said, really? Okay, so hold on here. These are yeah. my choices. I can go to the Pentagon and fly a desk. Yeah. Or I could get, and I said, they got any other airplanes in BX-4? He goes, yeah, they got A-4s and F-4s. You can fly those too. And I went, hmm, tough to see. But he said, you might not make commander. I went, you know what? Okay. Who cares? When <laughs> I was yeah. lucky, I, I, yeah. I did well and made commander and got to fly uh, A-4s every day. A-4s, when I wasn't testing, I'd either go almost every day fly ACM and A4 F40 F14. It was probably the best flying in my life. You know, that's awesome. That is fantastic. And then I, yeah, then I finally, yeah, yeah, I, I finally retired and uh, I got real lucky and uh, I got hired by Delta and I flew with them for a while. And then uh, they, I told, uh, I told repeat they were going to get, go bankrupt, so I retired early, fifty-eight. And uh, and then I came back to Melbourne, and this little company, they did uh, charter work, and they said, we need a chief pilot. Would you like to be our chief pilot? And I said, well, hell yeah, why not? You know, and so I got to, fl- I yeah. got to fly light twins, uh, beach jets, and uh, king airs down in the Bahamas a lot. And uh, then at, you know, 62 and a half, I finally decided to hang it up. But I just, I had the great, except for getting my ass shot off in Vietnam, I had a great, great flying career. That's that is amazing. Awesome. It's an amazing career. And uh, thank you for sharing all that. Yeah, oh, sure. Wow. Indeed. You're, you're welcome. Indeed. I'm a very lucky man. And I have a great wife, by the way. That makes it even. She, uh, I did a lot of cruises and she took care of, she pretty much raised the kids till I retired from everything. And, uh, well, the, the military families are indeed a national asset, as Nasty once yeah. put it. Great support, and the, the, our military wouldn't be nearly what it is today oh, without no. the families at home sacrificing and keeping things on the even keel. Uh, so we're grateful to her as well. So thank you to both to your service. All right. Well, thank you to that guy. Yeah. All right. Well, if you'll hang with us for just a couple of minutes, we got to get another couple of thank yous out of here, Fig. Uh, first and foremost, the folks over at Backbeat Media who help us with all the advertising on this show, and uh, none other than Dave Hamilton, who has the Mac Geek Gab, the Gig Gab, and the Business Brain. And if you have any questions for us, or you have any questions for Hound, reach out to us at fig at so there I was dot us repeat at so there I was dot us or sticks at so there I was dot us if you have any questions on thermodynamics ask sticks <laughs> give us the easy ones <laughs> just just to be clear on that we got a couple other things we've got a glossary if uh, we've hit some terms here we tried to explain them all we probably missed one or two go look in the glossary if you don't see it shoot us a note and tell us what you want to hear fig Oh, you don't have your shirt on today. Well, if you wanted a shirt, if you wanted another shirt, how would you get that? Well, we have a merch store. If you go to so there I was dot us slash merch, you can get that bikini that I always talk about, or a shirt, or mugs, or what? Else? I mean, there's shot glasses, towels. Uh, thanks to uh, Brad Silcott over at BDS Aviation Photography.com, who lets us use some of those pictures. Well, yeah. Thank you to all our Patreon pilots, the section leaders, the division leaders. Oh, my God. Sal Marinello stepped up again this week. He's a double aircraft commander. God bless you, Sal. That is uh, over and above way, way, way too much. We are deeply grateful, and we will indeed put it all to uh, to good use. So, um, Thank you, Sal. Yeah. God bless you. Appreciate your service as well. There's a couple other folks we need to thank, Fig. Anyone coming to mind? 
Well, it's the music that makes me remember. It's the two Air Force F-16 pilots that make the Air Force sound good. That's the Dos Gringos. Dos Gringos. If you haven't heard their music, go find them on Amazon Music, Spotify. The Dos Gringos are fun, talented, amazing aviators and musicians, and they've joined us on the show. Go back and listen to Which Child is Your Favorite? And They Lack Judgment. Both good shows. And last thing, what should everybody do to support us? If they can't throw a buck at us, what we do need you to do is what? Well, first of all, share the show. Here it is. Share. Share the show and give us a five-star review. Go to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. We've got 107 of them. I think we're going to start reading some of those. They are amazing. They're humbling. Not just to stroke our egos, but to help other people understand what it is that uh, we have stumbled bass backwards into here. <laughs> we, we have uh, we have so many amazing folks like Hound on the show with us, and we are just blessed to be able to get to meet these folks and, and to learn about their lives and the incredible things that they've accomplished. So, and, and now we're get, and we're getting their stories on on audio and video for forever for posterity's sake. That's uh, that's important. Yeah. It, it is indeed. It's right, an archive. Is- it's a historical aviation archive, damn it. We're making it so. so. I just, you know, I didn't even know about you, and I started listening to your uh, podcasts. They're excellent. They're excellent. I really well, enjoy it. You, wow. Okay. Thank you. We're humbled. All right, everybody. Well, until next week, stay safe and check six. Thank you. Crossing the pond And you could see that I wasn't exactly fun Of all the shit I was wearing On that day Now an F-16 is cramped enough But it's even worse With all that stuff Supposed to save your life But we knew there was no way Cause when you're going down The North Atlantic Man, it's over What'd he say, Fig? He said it's over It's over. Okay. Thank you, guys. I'm going to go get a cold beer. When this is over, I'm hitting the sauce.